0: and for the world at large. Let's begin. Hi everyone, welcome to today's episode. Today we're gonna be discussing awakening and utilizing the intuition. So in today's episode, we're gonna be talking about, first of all, what is the intuition? We're gonna go into some of the ways in which we can awaken and utilize our intuition. We're gonna talk about some of the barriers that get in the way of connecting with and utilizing our intuition in our daily lives. And finally, I'm gonna offer some tips regarding the intuition from, these are from my own experiences as well as professional experiences. Now, before we get into today's topic, I want to suggest a pivotal book on this topic, and that is Awakening Intuition by Francis E. Vaughn. This book was fundamental in, in helping me uh, sort of identify and then putting to use my intuition, things that I sort of already kind of knew, but this book helped clarify it and helped me uh, develop some skills in using my intuition in my daily life, and I'm going to uh, share the book in the description section below, and I highly recommend anybody who uh, is interested in learning about the intuition and then utilizing it. It to enhance your life to check out this book. So to begin, what is the intuition? So Carl Jung has defined intuition as one of the four basic psychological functions, the other three being thinking, feeling, and sensation. He characterizes intuition as the function that explores the unknown, it senses possibilities, and implications which may not be readily apparent. Intuition is able to essentially perceive what is hidden, and it enables one to perceive obscure meanings in symbolic imagery or some subconscious motives in oneself and in others. It is also associated with insight or the ability to understand the dynamics of a personality or situation. Now, in the aforementioned book Awakening Intuition, Francis Vaughn explains that the word intuition actually comes from the Latin word intuar, which translates as looking, regarding, or knowing something from within. He says that intuition is a way of knowing something that is experiential and holistic. So when a person knows something intuitively, one knows it for sure, although he may not be able to explain the feeling of certainty. The author explains that the intuition is true in the same way that sensation is true. It is your experience, and you know it for what it is. It is real, but ultimately it may not be necessarily real for somebody else who doesn't experience that same sensation. Uh, In this sense, intuition is much more than a hunch or a vague feeling. Uh, It may at times come into your awareness only peripherally or marginally. Uh, It seems vague, uh, but if given attention, if nurtured, it can become increasingly clear and ultimately useful in your life. So, according to Tibetan Buddhist tradition, the intuitive mind is simultaneously one with universal mind and with differentiated knowledge. So, they hold that it is with the intuition that the essence of life may be apprehended. Uh, Tibetan teacher Shagyam Trunga teaches that it is the intuitive mind that we find that all of life is truly inside of us. So, Buddhism strongly believes that reason and uh, the mind, you know, int- logic, let's say, uh, is limited, and the, and, and the knowledge derived from it is transient and, uh, and unreliable. So they believe that intuition is the most appropriate source of the ultimate truth and wisdom. So how do we tap into the intuition? How do we integrate it so that we can ultimately use it in our daily lives? So the intuition, everyone's got an intuition. It's available to uh, anyone who desires to use it and to who nurtures it and uh, ultimately integrates it into their life. So. In fact, we're always using our intuition whether we realize it or not. And some of the ways in which we might be using our intuition and may not realize it is when we, let's say we sense somebody's vibes are off, right? Somebody comes into the room, we just don't like their energy. This is is in essence the intuition communicating to us through our energy, through our emotions. Uh, And in the case, let's say we get a sudden flash of information where we suddenly just realize we know the truth of the whole concept without necessarily being able to explain it. Uh, This is in fact the intuition at work as well. Now the problem that many of us run into uh, that inhibits the effectiveness of intuition is that we are often very distracted uh, for the most part and uh, we, live lo- we live our life largely in our, in our heads, in our thoughts. And uh, this is especially prevalent in, in today's uh, sort of left brain dominated world uh, that for the most part doesn't really honor the right brain thinking of creativity and of intuition, and it's mostly linear and uh, logic focused. So as a result, we have a difficult time calming the mind and uh, really allowing the mind to, or allowing the intuition to sort of work its magic. And and for the the most part, uh, and obviously this is a very general statement, but for the most part, we are not necessarily uh, nurturing the right brain thinking, which is more of the creative, intuitive thinking, way of thinking. So the most effective way to get in touch with the intuition is via relaxation. So Francis Vaughn, right, in his book Awakening Intuition, he describes that in order to utilize the intuition and learn the skills necessary to maximize this potential, relaxation is a must. He says tension and anxiety interfere with the process of learning. Uh, they impair concentration as well as they block awareness of intuition on all levels. Next thing is concentration. So he says con- concentration is important for allowing intuitive information to be absorbed. Uh, because this could be hard at first, he suggests focusing, let's say, on a single word in meditation. He gives the example of focusing on the word intuition and, uh, and notice how your mind and your, how your attention starts stray. And then if you continuously bring your attention back to the word intuition, it can assist you in sort of helping you develop that concentrated needed to focus your attention and attention is, is key in uh, amplifying your awareness and use of, of the intuition. Next, he talks about receptivity. Uh, He describes that awakening intuition requires receptivity to all forms of subjective experiences. Uh, A non-interfering alert awareness maintained in the midst of the inner world of sensations, emotions, and ideas is the key to expanding uh, intuition. He says that ultimately intuitive intuitive knowing transcends distinctions between subject and object, knower and known. So the process of awakening, this sort of non-dual awareness, uh, he says, involves disidentifying from internal states and observing them. This is something that I refer to as non-reactivity or detachment. And this disidentification of the observer self from the body, feelings, and ideas is, is sometimes called awakening the inner witness. He says that Roberto Asaguali refers to disidentification as the means whereby a person learns to discriminate between the contents of consciousness and its center, the center of pure awareness or the I. He defines as the center of will, which is capable of mastering, directing, and using all physical and psychological processes. So the way I translate this is is essentially what I refer to as non-reactivity, which is the ability to identify with the core self, with the true self, with the presence behind all the noise, and that way you can sort of uh, watch and sort of notice all the things about yourself and that's how we are able to work with it and ultimately shift it. And he completes uh, this by saying, self-observation or self-awareness from this perspective implies the possibility of self-mastery and the voluntary control of internal states. So now let's talk about some of the things that inhibit the awakening of the intuition. So the first thing is trying too hard. Now, because awakening the intuition is something that happens naturally, and the more we force it to happen, and the more more essentially we resist it, and the more we are actually just working against the natural flow. So the best thing to do is, like we said, relax and allow your mind to quiet itself so you can really allow yourself to be guided by the intuition, and with a quiet mind we can s- sort of learn how to discern between that which is the ego, that which is the mind, and that which is our spirit, That's that which is our sort of the soft, calm voice of the intuition. And uh, this can most notably be done in meditation, as meditation helps you slow down your mind and sort of notice the thoughts, watch them, and not identify with them or the emotions, and then let go of this, the resistance of the mind. The next is too much thinking. Now, because intuition is what happens when we suspend the mind and we transcend it, thinking, which is naturally an egoic Function uh, will need to be suspended. So thinking has a lot to do with again the ego and try to trying to figure things out, trying to control. And the intuition essentially needs letting go and the suspension of thought, bringing a person to to a place that's often referred to as no thought. And when we uh, when we think, essentially, what we're doing is we're resisting the flow that would come naturally. So sort of getting out of your head and into the present moment can be very very powerfully uh, very powerful and very important in, in letting go of the resistance that is caused by uh, overthinking or living in our head. The next barrier is difficult time relaxing. So as mentioned earlier, relaxation calms us and puts us in a state of receptivity, which uh, allows us to uh, absorb information from the intuition. So when we struggle to relax, let's say we have anxiety and, and we have fears or we're in our head, uh, like we mentioned, we're gonna have a hard time u- tapping into and utilizing the intuition and, and being guided by the intuitive voice because you know it, it always is gonna communicate to us and we really only can, can hear it when, when there's peace, when there's balance, and when, when there's quiet. So unless we work toward, towards the relaxation and the calmness, it's gonna be uh, hard. To to really hear that quiet voice. So first things first, we got to calm the storm of our life. See if we can balance our energies, and then when things are calmed down, we can really be able to to hear that that intuitive guidance. The next is clinging to false beliefs and false ideas of who you are. So the intuition is the truth, right? It's it doesn't tell you what you want to hear. It tells you the truth and, and really what you need to hear to grow. So if we are clinging to flawed ideas of what life is, uh, false expectations, uh, and uh, you know of who, let's say who we are. Uh, let's say our identity, it can be very difficult to listen to the intuition uh, and we very often get very defensive or we deny it or we run away or we just uh, try to soothe. But at the end of the day, um, the truth is healing and the truth sets us free, even though it's uncomfortable. So when we can find a way to let go of these false beliefs, false ideas of who we are, we, uh, we can set ourselves free using the truth of our intuition. The next is fear of the unknown. So if we are afraid of new information that will ultimately force us to shift our perspectives and force us out of the comfort zone of the known, then we're gonna fear the intuition and the information and insights that it shares with us. So as long as you are unwilling, as long as a person is unwilling to go into the unknown and open themselves up to things that they they may not wanna hear, but ultimately are in need of being heard to to change our lives to heal, then the unknown and the fear of the unknown will be a, a massive barrier. And the final barrier here is if you have been gaslit uh, and, and therefore you struggle to trust yourself. So this is extremely common. Someone who's been narcissistically abused is most usually going to have been gaslit. That's one of the main tactics of a narcissistic abuser. And as a result, one of the main symptoms of being gaslit is the inability to trust yourself. Now here's the thing. When you are trusting your intuition, when a person is aligned with who they truly are, it is very difficult for them to be gaslit and deceived. So someone who's in tune to their intuition is trusting their intuitive guidance will be very difficult to, to sway by deception and what other people are trying to let's say convince them to believe and think because in many ways they already know the truth they're already tapped into the truth and someone who's gaslighting is trying to get you to not trust yourself and trust them and then feed you false information uh, information that they want to control so because the intuition is our ultimate truth, if we trust ourselves and our intuitive guidance, we cannot be deceived by another person who, uh, who may attempt to push or pull us off of our center, off of our truths. So someone who has been narcissistically abused will have a very difficult time trusting themselves because they have been essentially uh, manipulated, bullied, or, or taught not to do that. In essence, they have, been, they have been gaslit. So healing and overcoming narcissistic abuse has a lot to do with getting back in touch with your intuition, listening to yourself, listening to your intuitive guidance and trusting it and ultimately, that'll help protect you from people who, who try to come and, and exploit your trust, uh, i.e. narcissists. So in Awakening Intuition, he explains that there is a healthy balance between left and right brain thinking. He says that yes, they both have their 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 place. And in today's world, uh, like I mentioned earlier, we're heavily reliant on left brain thinking, which is linear and logical, and uh, and largely uh, dependent on gaining insights from outside of ourself. And and for the, for the most part, in large, we have neglected the the inner world and the right brain thought process. So as a result, you know, we have a world with countless people who are really out of touch with their inner world, and as a result, we feel lost, we feel broken, and out of touch. He says that the people who are able to survive childhood with their right brain nourished, and uh, with their intuition somehow intact, become wildly creative thinkers, the artists of the world, and they are often the ones who, are, who change the world by utilizing these very powerful intuitive intuitive gifts. Now I see the intuition as sort of a pipeline to higher consciousness and when we tap into it, uh, we're able to sort of uh, download streams of, of information, flows of information that really guide us in the direction of our higher self and, and these, these streams of consciousness can be extremely powerfully healing. Now many people who were gifted, like with intuitive gifts such as clairvoyance, clairaudience, sentience and claircognizance, uh, which are just some of the many different spiritual gifts. Uh, these are psychic abilities to be able to feel, uh, see, hear, and to just know something uh, specific information uh, without necessarily having anybody tell you. Sort of just just an inner knowing. Um, these individuals are, were very often considered strange, and in, in childhood specifically, and and uh, society doesn't necessarily know how to know what to do with them. They they have, they're very in many ways considered outsiders or, and uh, and um, many people who were abused and and, and, and exploited and, and oftentimes were punished. If they use these gifts. So this is this would be especially the case if you were raised in a narcissistic home and you had these abilities and, and let's say the, the ability to 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 see right through someone's facade and someone's false self in the case of let's say a narcissistic abuser who is gaslighting you and bullying you and shaming you into silence because ultimately they don't want you to to see the truth. They don't want to be revealed. They don't want their 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 true shamed and, and shattered self to be to be shown. So in essence, they're gonna bully you to, to shut you down. And in return, you may have learned that okay, I have to hide or deny my my gifts in order to fit in, in order to survive. And uh, this was most certainly the case for myself. And I'll be the first to admit, I, w- I was sort of a strange child. I didn't quite fit in. Um, I struggled mightily socially. You know, I always felt like an outcast. And, uh, and I suffered immensely, uh, from some mental illness, depression, and, and, uh, I felt very suicidal even for decades. And I definitely felt like an eternal outsider as a result of, of my differences. And what I now know is that, um, I was in possession of several psychic and spiritual gifts, uh, that most people uh, did not have. Um, and if they did have them, they were in essence forced to, to dub them down. And, um, I'm just not the kind of person that likes to, to, to be quiet and, and stuff myself down and, and stuff down my gifts. And, and as a result, uh, I definitely pissed off a lot of people who uh, who were threatened by my gifts. And, and because my superiors, uh, they didn't necessarily understand my talents. And theref- therefore, they weren't really able to nurture them appropriately. Uh, in many instances, they were they were neglected. Uh, I was seen as too sensitive, right, or bullied for, for being weak. And uh, as, a, as a consequence of that, I, I was really um, just... I just treated myself that way and I, and I saw these gifts, these spiritual gifts as weaknesses and I was uh, very much ashamed of them and always thought of them as something that's wrong with me, something I need to dub down, deny and ignore um, and uh, something to, to be ashamed of. And, and I imagine this is the case for many of us who are in possession of these gifts who unfortunately because society in large part has, has dubbed down, the, uh, society, it's just a dubbed down society society, and anyone who tries to use these gifts is uh, largely dismissed as crazy right the the gifted the creative the artistic and the uh, intuitive are very much forced to undergo uh, unbelievable traumas and pain and abuses by society who who are oftentimes very very threatened by them so one of the things that francis avon in his book awakening intuition explains is that to be self-aware to be truly self-aware we have to tap into our intuition because our intuition is the voice of our true self of our spirit so in essence when, when we do tap into that voice of our authentic self, it is the road to our deepest truths. And, and many of us were gaslit as children by parents who in many instances, they didn't know better and were most probably gaslit themselves and forced to, to feel ashamed of their differences. So as a result, we feel torn bef- between what we were taught, uh, the facts and what was true by outsiders, by our parents, by society, and, and now what we know in our heart and in our soul and our intuition. Now, as adults, most of learning and developing self-awareness has to do with unlearning what was taught to us by those who themselves were unconscious, sort of letting go of programs that were projections of their uh, belief systems and their programs and when they were in essence out of alignment with their intuition and then learning to trust the, the wisdom of our inner guidance of our intuition. And when we do that, we can uh, really find a ton of freedom because in that, in that place of trusting our intuition, we're free to be ourselves and to let go of the beliefs and the need to fit into other people's worlds, worlds that don't necessarily have room for these unbelievably powerful uh, healing gifts. So if you are listening to this episode and and you can relate to having to hide your gifts to keep other people happy or to to not piss off a narcissist, not get bullied or abused, and and as a result you feel ashamed of being different as a result of your intuitive gifts, please hear uh, this message the following. These are very powerful intuitive gifts, gifts, and they are absolutely a superpower, power, and you really have nothing to be ashamed of. These gifts can literally change the world, and you have the right, and I believe the responsibility to, to heal what was broken by those who didn't see it and appreciate these gifts. You know, the world is in desperate need of people who have these gifts uh, and they are something to be celebrated and the fact that society cannot celebrate them and, and oftentimes they, they shame them, uh, that's just a reflection of how, of how sick and, and sort of dubbed down our society is. So I really hope that this episode inspires you to, to go inward and tap into your intuition, awaken and utilize your intuition in your, in your daily life, um, even though you might seem crazy or like an outcaster, um, because when we do this, we are, we're never going to be let down and disappointed. It is, it is the voice of, of, our, of our higher self, of our true self, and uh, its influences are going to lead us to a place of inner happiness, growth, and peace, and the world needs more people who are happy, who are growing, and who are peaceful. So if you are interested in working with me directly to help uncover your intuition so you can use its guidance in your daily life and and to bring you that happiness, fulfillment and uh, and peace, please feel free to reach out to me directly. My email is yitz, Y-I-T-Z at magnoliahealingcenter.com. You can reach me by phone, 818-210-6049. I want to thank you all so much for joining me for today's episode. Until next time, all the best.